You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, it's good to be here this evening. These days are flying by, amen. I don't know about y'all, but today went by really quick. And I'm glad we could start it in the house of God. And I don't necessarily intend to finish it in the house of God, but at least we're, we're, we're getting towards the end of the day, amen. We'll try to be wrapped up uh, before midnight, amen. All right, uh, I, think, I think we can do that. Um, I have about sung my voice out today, amen. Man, you guys, I'm telling you, there has been an evolution at Eastside since 2015 when I started coming here, amen. Um, the singing... Y'all sing like you really believe what you're singing. Amen. Y'all keep getting excited and singing like this. People are going to think this is the going church to go to in in Sioux Falls. Amen. Y'all sing like you really believe the storm's going to pass over. Amen. And we're going to be in the presence of our Savior. If I came in here lost tonight, I'd say these people believe what they're singing about. Amen. Man, I like it. I like it. Keep it up. I I really believe. When I was here two weeks ago, I went home and told my wife, I said, I believe there's a spirit of revival at Eastside Baptist Church. And to keep it up. Amen. Just keep being sensitive to the spirit of God. Hey, real quickly, before we turn to our text, I'll be looking in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Before we get there, though, um, tomorrow at one o'clock, if anybody wants to join me here, I think we can get a lot of those flyers out tomorrow. Amen. I could take from one o'clock to four o'clock tomorrow. And, uh, And so what I need, though, is somebody with a key to get in here so we can get the flyers, which means I need somebody to go with me. Amen. And uh, we've taken boys out from Falls International, and in two hours, we've tagged 800 doors. In two hours, with like 12 boys, we can get it done tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Some of you, if you can take off work, three hours of vacation time, amen, to put into souls, into Easter Sunday, into having this place full up. Man, come on. Let's do it. We'll go hit. You can go to an apartment complex in town and knock out 100 doors in about 15 minutes. Amen. Seriously. And uh, so if you want to join me, I'll be here at one o'clock. I, I, I would say do it on Saturday because it's right before Easter, but I'll be in an airplane going to Indianapolis on Saturday. Amen. And so I, so I can't be here. And later in the week, we have other things going. But one o'clock tomorrow afternoon from one to four, join me here and we'll uh, put a plan together and go out and get these. Things. Hey, y'all helped us so much at Falls International last summer. Remember, we passed out 10,000 uh, in about a two week period. And uh, so I think, I think tomorrow afternoon we could get a lot knocked out. Amen. And let's, and let's just plan. Hey, let me just do this. I'm going to put you on the spot. And I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. Who will commit to be here at 1 o'clock tomorrow? There's one. There's two. There's three. Here's four. Here's five. Give me some more hands. Amen. There's six. Amen. There's seven. There's eight. All right. Uh, so there's eight of us. So there's nine. Amen. Let's get ten. 10, 11, do I hear 12? Amen. All right. Amen. Get a little auction going here. All right. So, so there's going to be at least 10 of us tomorrow, uh, uh, meeting here at one o'clock, uh, and, and we'll go out and see what we can get done. Amen. And the rest of you take, so all we're going to do is pass out what you don't get out tonight. So take everything you can. If you leave us with a hundred, we'll take the last hundred out. If you leave us with a thousand, we'll get what we can get done between one o'clock and four o'clock. Amen. But let's see this place full up next Sunday. I won't be here. I'll be in Indianapolis. But I want to hear that God did some great things here on your Resurrection Day service. All right. All right. We're going to look in Hebrews chapter 11. As you're turning there, one other thing. I I wanted to finish up this morning. 
I almost, I almost preached on, just finished what I started this morning, but I just want to, I, I, I feel like I left it unfinished and I needed to. I stopped when I believe God wanted me to stop this morning. But this morning we talked about the process of suffering and we talked about the providence of suffering. And, and then I never got to talk about the prayer of suffering. And I just want to give you this, maybe you want to write this down, add it to this morning's notes, and then you can develop this in your own Bible study. Uh, but the Bible said uh, how that the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And we really didn't focus on those three words much this morning either, by Christ Jesus. But he's the one that's leading us and we're following him, amen. Uh, but he said, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And uh, just four things real, real quick I wanted to point out. When he said make you perfect, uh, of course I like to keep things alliterated if I can. So I just put make the sufferer sound. Because you have a natural outline, establish, strengthen, settle. So, so, so make you sound, make you whole, make you perfect, not sinlessly but just mature and complete. And the reason God wants that is God doesn't want us to be just superficial in our faith. Amen. Uh, a faith that's never challenged is an unproven faith. God wants our faith to run deep. He doesn't, he, he don't want you to have a superficial faith where, you know, I'm, I'm a church on Easter and Christmas. Look how spiritual I am. Amen. He, he wants you to be a strong Christian. So, so make you perfect. Then, then make the sufferer established. Why does God want to establish that, that our faith's not shaken? We're living in a day I'm telling you, when, when there's so many podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff out there and everybody's saying everything and can shake your faith, God doesn't want us to have a shaken faith. And there's nothing like going through suffering for a while that gets us on our knees at the presence of God's throne of grace to make us sound in the faith. You spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll become sound, you'll become solid, you won't be shakable, amen. Make the sufferer strong, God wants, God wants Eastside Baptist Church to be filled with strong Christians. Suffering makes us strong. It causes us to, uh, to, to no longer be dependent upon ourselves because we end up in situations that, that, that we can't control. And we have to rely on Christ. And his, uh, his strength is perfected in our weakness. And we need strong Christians uh, that there be no shipwreck of the faith. Strong Christians don't wreck ships. Amen. You say, well, that man was a strong Christian and he wrecked his ship. He wasn't a strong Christian. Strong, stable, sound Christians don't have shipwrecks in their faith. Amen. They know what they believe. They know why they believe what they believe. They know who they believe. And they're just going to keep going for God no matter what comes. And then make the sufferer settled. God wants you to have stability in your faith. Amen. There's a whole message there, and you can see why I didn't deal with it this morning. I ought to preach for another hour. But God wants you to be stable in your faith. God don't want you to be here. This is my position this week. This is my position next week. And this is, this is my belief today. And three months from now, I believe something completely different. And by the way, your belief determines your behavior. God don't want you, well, this week I'm going to behave like this, and next week I'm going to behave like that because my belief's changed. God wants us to be stable. He wants the church to be stable. He wants his children to be stable. So I wanted to give you that this evening quickly. That's the prayer of the suffering, the purpose for the suffering. Now, let's get into Hebrews chapter 11 here this evening. Hebrews chapter 11, I've talked and I have not turned to uh, the text myself. So let's get over there. Hebrews 11, this is the hall of faith. This is God's listing of men that God deemed to be heroes of the faith. I love Hebrews 11. There's, there's some men in there that if it wasn't for Hebrews 11, I, I wouldn't have thought they'd ended up there, Brother Juan. Amen. I mean, we look at Samson and we say, man, I'm telling you, that guy sure was carnal, but he's in the hall of faith. And there's a lot of other guys that uh, aren't in the hall of faith. Amen. He made it there. Amen. 
I'm telling you, faith, faith, is, faith is very active. Faith is never passive. Faith is always active by faith. And you read through there. You ought to go to the end of Hebrews 11 and write your name. You ought to put by faith comma and just put your name there. And then let God write your story. Amen. I love the hall of faith. But I want to focus on one particular uh, uh, mention in the hall of faith. We're going to read Hebrews 11. I'm only going to read three verses. I could read about 10 verses on this particular individual, but we'll just read three. The Bible says in verse 24, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, by faith, Moses. I like Moses. Amen. Uh, what, what a man of God. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures, plural, of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of reward. Now really, this evening I could read from verse 23 all the way down to I guess about verse number uh, 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there. You just keep going on down through there a little bit. We could read a lot of verses and focus on a lot of his life. But, but I just want to give a real simple, I guess, thought this evening. It's a real obvious truth that's, that's in the passage. I want to preach on the choice of Moses. The choice of Moses. And before we talk about the choice of Moses, I guess, by the way of introduction, I do want to talk just a bit, just, just to introduce him. Uh, I want to talk a bit about his birth the events surrounding his birth and about his childhood, and then we'll get into the message. Let's pray first, and then we'll get into all of that. Heavenly Father, please now, I need you. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And Lord, I need you. Lord, I've said this so many times as I've stood up to preach. If, if I preach to eyes and if I preach to ears, there won't be much accomplished here. But if the Spirit of God will take the Word of God and teach through me, uh, Lord God, and get it into hearts, there will be much of eternal value that's accomplished here. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you would grace us with your presence and with your power. Lord God, on the preaching end, on the listening end. Lord, work in hearts tonight, I pray. Continue to grow us in grace and in faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we come into this uh, passage uh, and we come really into the life of Moses, uh, I had a whole message I preached, uh, you know, through the patriarchs over at Falls International, and, and, and we preached a message or two about the birth of Moses. And I just want to, again, just kind of just, just give a backdrop for the message. Moses, the place he was born was, was, was the country of Egypt. That, that's the place that he was born in. And Egypt, if you know your Bible, and we don't have time to teach a big long lesson tonight, but Egypt is always a type of what? Does anybody know? The world, amen, I heard from several people, Egypt in the Bible is a type of the world, always a type of the world. Egypt's not a good place. Uh, Egypt is a type of the world, all right? And, and I don't have time to get into much of that, uh, but, uh, but, but God allowed his children and his nation to really be formed, man, I, if I'm not careful, I'll start preaching there, and I don't want to, okay? But to be formed in Egypt, amen. And you and I were born into Egypt, amen. We were born in this world, unsaved, amen. And you know the story, we could, man, we could really have a good time, Brother Austin, preaching uh, how the Passover lamb, amen, they got the blood on them, they got the, uh, the body of the lamb in them, amen, and they had their feet shot, and boy, God separated them out of Egypt in one night. There's, man, there's so much I want to preach there, and I can't, amen. It took one night to get them out of Egypt, and it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them, amen. There's a lot of preaching to be done there. 
But that's the place he was born, a wicked place, an ungodly place, a very depraved place. And then, and then he was born under the leadership of, of a man that's known as Pharaoh, uh, the Pharaoh. And, and, and we know that years before this, there was a Pharaoh uh, who had a vice Pharaoh named Joseph, who was one of the patriarchs. But, but the Pharaoh that Moses is under, the Bible said there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And just to throw this out there for you by way of introduction, Joseph's a type of Jesus Christ. One of the best types of Jesus you'll ever find in the Bible is Joseph. I mean, in so many ways, he's a type of Christ. But this Pharaoh didn't know Joseph. He didn't know Christ. Amen. And that's, that's the atmosphere that, that Moses, that's the place, that's, that's the Pharaoh that he's brought up under. And, and this Pharaoh is a type of Satan. I mean, his attitude is, who is the Lord that I should obey him? And, and boy, there's much to be done there, much to be said there, but I'm just going to keep moving. Then we get introduced to the physicians, amen. Thank God for some godly midwives, amen. The Pharaoh said, hey, we got to put a stop to all these kids that are being born. The, the Israelites, they're outgrowing the Egyptians. There's more of them than us. we got to put a stop to this, amen. And he said, I want all the, all the baby boys, I want them all killed, and, and there was some mid, Egyptian midwives, amen, that feared God, amen. Thank God for people that fear God more than they fear God-given authority that crosses boundaries, amen. They fear God and they're going to obey God. And, and God blessed them for their obedience. And, and, uh, and, then, and then we see his parents. And I really like Moses' parents, Amram and Jochebed, because they're ordinary people. They're just ordinary folks living an ordinary life, in slavery, in the bondage that everybody else of their race is in. But they just, and they're just trying to do right. And they're just trying to live for God. Parents, some of you will raise a Moses right here for God's glory. And you say, well, I'm not doing much. If you're raising a Moses, you are, amen. Moms, the greatest missionary that you'll ever have, the greatest mission field that you'll ever have is your children, amen. Amen. God may never call you to Africa, Asia, Australia, or wherever, but you've got a mission field in your own home, amen. Amram and Jochebed, what, what, just ordinary people that had faith in God. By faith, they disobeyed the king's command, amen. By, I mean, you read it right here in Hebrews chapter number 11. By faith, they disobeyed, and they said, man, we don't want, uh, they saw he was a proper child. They didn't want him to be killed. These are the events that surround the birth, the birth of, of Moses. Then we see the plan, we see the plan. See, God's providence was working in all of this. Egypt, a type of the world, Pharaoh, a type of Satan. You know the story. Moses gets put out there in that ark of bulrushes and the Pharaoh's daughter, she finds him and she has compassion on him. And she raises him in her own house after, after in the providence of God, God allows Moses' mother to be his own nurse. Amen. That's a crazy story when you read it. Amen. But he gets raised in the house of Pharaoh. And God has a plan because God is preparing a man who will be the deliverer of his people from Egypt, which is a type of the world. From the bondage of Pharaoh, who's a type of Satan. And that man's going to get them out of Egypt and on their way to the promised land. And so God allows him to be born into this situation in order that he might be trained in Pharaoh's house with the best education that Egypt could offer because he would need that education later as he became the leader of over two million souls to lead them out of Egypt and towards the promised land. Now, let's get then to the choice that Moses made because now we come to Moses and his mother's weaned him and he's been raised in the Pharaoh's house. He's been raised really uh, as, as a stepson to the Pharaoh's daughter, the princess. I mean, this, this Moses could be 
a Pharaoh. He could be the next Pharaoh. Think about that. And so let's read our text again. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect, I'll come back to that word later, he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses has come to years. He's been nurtured and trained by his biological mother until she weaned him. He was taken into the courts of Pharaoh and trained as the son of Pharaoh's daughter in preparation for the throne of the greatest nation on the face of the earth at that time. Egypt was the greatest nation. They were the world power at that time. Acts chapter number 7 verse 21 and 22 says, And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. That's what Stephen said in the book of Acts before he was killed. All right? He was talking about Moses. Now, according to these verses I just read then, Moses was trained in all the wisdom of Egypt. He had the best training that Egypt had to offer. These verses also tell us that he became an oratorical genius. I know when we see him 40 years later in the wilderness, he's telling God he stutters and can't talk. But right here, the Bible said he was mighty in words. That's what your Bible says right there. God said that. Stephen preached that. This man was an oratorical genius once upon a time. He was a statesman. He was mighty in deeds. History tells us, if you, if you value history at all and you study history, history tells us that Moses was military, uh, he, 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 he was a man that was uh, very powerful in military might. History tells us that he led the Egyptian military as a young man in both defensive measures against the Ethiopians and in offensive measures as Egypt became the superpower of the world at that time. That's what history tells us about Moses. This man was learned the best education, a wonderful statesman, a tremendous military leader. But our text tells us that there came a time in his life, God just says, when he came to years, when he reached maturity, he made a choice to refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And this choice would lead, it's amazing, we think choices really don't make a difference, but little choices make a big difference. And this choice would lead to the rise of the nation of Israel and the downfall of the world's superpower, Egypt. One choice. And the greatest change to what could have been written in the history books. And I want to say, if you're here and you've been saved by the grace of God, maybe you're here and you're not saved by God's grace, each of us will be forced to come to a place where we make a choice, where we will have to make a choice, similar to the choice that was given to Moses. Each of us. You've already come to that place, and sometimes many times over, you come to that place or God might be bringing some of you to that place right here tonight. You young folks, listen up to me. I wonder as you grow up, when you come to years, will you make the right choice? What choice will you make? So let's study Moses' life tonight. And again, remember, Egypt in the Bible is a type of the world. Let's say that again. Egypt in the Bible is a type of always a type of the world. Amen. All right. Now, number one, we find here, and, and really as Hebrews depicts it, it's one choice, but I want to break this choice up into three sub choices, if we could say it that way. And so the first thing I want to point out is in verse number 24, and I promise I'm going to preach as fast as I can for your sake tonight. All right. Uh, the Bible tells us again, and let's read it again. I want to read it on purpose. The Bible said, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I want you to notice number one, he refused 
the measure of being a Pharaoh. He refused the measure of the most powerful man on the face of the earth at that time. He refused, if someone came to you and said, I'm gonna raise you in a nation where it's a dictatorship and you, uh, you know, get, I mean, you become the leader. Look at North Korea. It's the son that becomes the next leader and I'm gonna let you be the son in that family and you have the potential of being the next leader. Just do this, this, and this. And God says, but I want you to do this, this, and this. You got a choice to make. Most of our choices don't seem like they're quite that defined quite quite that easy but really in reality if we could see the big picture all they are they are we're making choices for God or against God now this as as he refuses the measure of a pharaoh it to, to me I see here a picture of salvation because Egypt's a picture of the world and pharaoh's a picture of Satan and Moses here is refusing according to our text to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter if you're here and not saved you're a child of the devil Pharaoh, he's a type of Satan, amen. His daughter's a child of Satan, amen. A, ch a child of the Pharaoh, a type of the devil. Listen, if you're here and you're not saved tonight, you say, well, we're all brothers in Christ. No, we're not. If you're not saved, we're not brothers in Christ. We may have one father called God through creation, but we don't have the same father when it comes to redemption and salvation. Amen. We have different fathers. This is one of the reasons that we try to preach to young people all the time. When you get married, make sure you marry in the will of God. Make sure you marry someone who's saved by the grace of God. You marry someone who's not saved, and I don't mean to preach on this, but if you marry someone who's not saved, you're going to have the devil for a daddy-in-law. Amen. And spiritually speaking, I'm talking about. Spiritually speaking, you're going to have the devil for a daddy-in-law. You're, uh, you're going to have two different masters you're serving, two different directions your home's going in. I mean, you're predestined for failure the moment you get saved and, and, and then make a choice to marry someone who's unsaved. That's not the will of God. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Amen. Amen. Now listen, Moses is raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And Moses come to a place where he said, I refuse. I am no longer going to be a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be called a son of God. He chose the people of God. He chose the reproach of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to listen to this because maybe this doesn't mean a lot to you because it's Moses, it's not you. But this, this young man is raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. He's, he's in the most powerful home the world has to offer. He has anything he wants at his disposal. Anything, I mean, I'm talking about anything he wants. He's got. And he is in line, very possibly, to be the next Pharaoh, the next leader of the entire world. And he said, I refuse. I refuse. I will not be called the son of a Pharaoh's daughter. Now, now I know what some of you are thinking, amen. Because I know, I think I know a little bit how we think, because I'm, I'm a human. I'm just like you, amen. She rescued me. Some of you, your parents aren't saved. You're at a place where you need to make a decision to get saved, whether your parents are or not, amen. Your parents have a soul. So man, we may have someone here tonight, you got a spouse that's unsaved and you're not saved and you want to get saved and you're afraid of what your spouse is going to think. You're going to have to make a decision for yourself, amen. It's time to make a choice. And I could see Moses in his mind saying, well, she rescued me. I would have been killed with all the other kids were it not for her. She raised me. I mean, if I, become a, if I choose to no longer become the son of Pharaoh's daughter, I am turning my back 
on all that raising and that money and that time and that love and that labor that she poured into me. She, how could I turn my back on my family? She readied me to be the next Pharaoh. I'm turning my back. Hey, there could be someone here tonight and that's a decision you need to make. You need to make a decision to turn your back on the world, to turn your back on Egypt, to turn your back on Satan. And you say, well, I've got unsafe family. Hey, the best chance they'll ever have of getting saved is for you to get saved and then go back and tell them how to get saved by the grace of God. Moses was created by God with a purpose. And when, he came, when it came to age, he said, here she is. And there's no doubt on a human level he loved her but he loved God more. And he said, I'm going with God. I'm going with God. Matthew chapter number 10, if you'll turn there quickly, turn to Matthew chapter number 10, because I believe these verses are as relevant today as they were to Moses, as they were when Jesus gave them to us in Matthew chapter number 10. Maybe there's someone here tonight and you're in a situation and you're in a family and, 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 and nobody else in your family is saved. And you're, I mean, I, listen, I've stood on the streets preaching before in years gone by. I had a young man, I'll never forget, he come to me and he was crying. He was 21 years old and I could call his name right now, but there might be someone listening that know him, so I won't do it. Amen. Uh, but it's about four and a half hours from here where I pastored up in Hoven and that young man came to me on the streets, was out preaching in the streets and he came to me and said, he said, brother James, he said, you know, he said, man, I, what you're preaching, I believe that I want to get saved. And I said, man, I got excited. I said, you could get saved right now. And he said, but look over there. You see that church down there? I said, I see it. He said, that's my church. He said, you see those people across the street that's drinking and making fun of us right now? I said, yeah. He said, that's my family. He said, you see all the kids over there? I'm telling you what happened. He said, you see all the, I said, yes, sir. He said, that's my friends. If I get saved, I lose them all what he said. Maybe, maybe you're in that situation tonight. If I get saved, I lose them. I want you to read Matthew chapter number 10, verse 34 to 39 with me. Jesus said this. He said, think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I'm come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and the man's foes shall be they of his own household. That's a reality that maybe you are facing right now. When I'm in other countries, I deal with this reality on a regular basis. We've had the privilege of seeing a Muslim girl get saved. When she got saved, she turned her back on her family, on her entire way of life to trust in Christ. Because you can't hang on to Islam and, 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 and cleave to Christ at the same time. It doesn't work. And, and, and he said, he, this is Jesus talking now. I think he'd know. He's God. He said, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Simply saying, that's where Moses came to. And he realized he's going to have to make a decision for or against the people of God and the God of the people. The reproach of Christ and the Christ of the reproach. He's going to have to make a decision for or against. And he said, I'm going with Christ. He had the finest this world could offer. But when he thought about how everything would end, Brother Wade, he thought about how everything would end. He had respect. And again, I'll come back to that word later. But he had respect under the recompense of the reward. And he realized that he could live his life as a child of Egypt. Or he could live his life with the people of God. But he couldn't have both and neither can you. And neither can I. It's one or the other, friend. Some of you may be in a position tonight where you need to make a decision for Christ in the matter of salvation and say, goodbye, world, goodbye. 
I'm no longer going to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm no longer going to be a part of Egypt. I'm going to get saved and be with the people of God. Amen. May I encourage you tonight, if you're not saved, you're going to have to make that choice sooner or later. You're going to have to make that choice. You might as well make it sooner. You might as well just get in the family now. Amen. You might as well just get saved tonight. But as many as received him, to receive him, you're going to have to let go of some people. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, you ought to just get in tonight. Get saved by the grace of God tonight. Amen. I want to tell you, number two, he said he refused the measure of a Pharaoh, but watch this. The Bible tells us in verse number 25, let's read that, verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He refused the pleasures of sin. He refused the measure of being the most powerful man on the face of the earth. He refused the pleasures of sin. This is a picture of sanctification in the life of the believer. See, if you got saved by the grace of God, man, God saved you from sin. He sure did. The moment you got saved, he didn't save you to sin, as some of the new evangelical uh, folks would have us to believe. Amen. He saved us from sin. Grace does not save you uh, from keeping the law of God. Amen. It saves you from keeping the law of God to be saved. Amen. But we still have a responsibility to keep the law of God. Amen. We do not believe in a graceless law. That's Phariseeism. But we sure don't believe in a lawless grace. Amen. And that's all this uh, lasciviousness that Jude talked about in apostasy. We reject that. When you get saved, God saved you from sin. Let's just review it real quickly. And he said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their what? Sins. Amen. God didn't come to save you to sin. God came to save you from sin. Moses understood that he could have the pleasures of sin. And can I tell you, young people, I'm just telling you, it's the truth. The Bible said pleasures because it's real pleasurable. Sin feels good. I mean, to start with, it looks good. It sounds good. It tastes good. It smells good. It feels good. Amen. And that's the philosophy of our day. If it feels good, do it. Moses could have went with that. Brother Juan, he could have went with that. He could have said, if it feels good, do it. Amen. I'm just going to do it because it feels good. I'm just going to follow my heart because it just seems what I'm supposed to do. But listen, he said, no, I'm going to choose the people of God over the pleasures of sin. What about that? I'm going, Brother Gabe, I'm going with the people of the Savior over the pleasures of sin. He chose the church in the wilderness over the courts of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. He chose the reproach that is always associated. Listen. This gets a little bit of what we preached about this morning. The reproach and the suffering that comes with being a child of God. He chose that, that, that reproach that's always associated with the people of God instead of the riches and the pleasures of this world that were his. Brother, they were at his disposal. Man, they're at his fingertips. I mean, we're talking about the Pharaoh's son here. We're talking about you want a chariot, you get the best chariot, you get the best horses, you can have the best everything, man. You are the son of the Pharaoh. You're the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. You got it all. He said, I'm going to refuse to be called her son, and I'm going to refuse the pleasures of sin. He could have had anything he wanted. But he said, I ain't going to take it. I'm going to choose reproach over sin. I'm going to, I'm, I'm t that's, that's the way I'm going. I'm choosing Christ over sin. Now, some of you that are saved, I want to try to help you, especially those that are newly saved. Amen. And if you're, if you're, can I coin a word if you're oldly saved? If you've been saved for a long time and you're going back to Egypt instead of headed towards the promised land, you've got to have a little bit of alignment. Amen. 
You need to kind of get turned around. Amen. God saved us from sin, not to sin. Quit looking for grace that allows you to live in sin, gives you liberty and license to sin, and puts you right back in bondage again. Amen. And, and, and start looking for that glorious liberty that comes through the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and salvation that God's given you. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you very much. It'll get done a lot faster if you amen me. All right. Listen, I'm just saying you need to, if you're saved, you need to allow God's Holy Spirit to do a work of sanctification in your heart and in your life. He saved you to sanctify you. That's why he saved you. He wants to be glorified through you. He wants you to have a testimony for him so you can be salt and make people thirsty for the water of life. Amen. When you get, hey, listen, the Bible said in Romans 6, 1 and 2, what shall we say then? I'm feeling good right now. Amen. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's it say? What's it say? God forbid. forbid. Amen. That's a a pretty dogmatic way of the Holy Spirit saying no. What shall we say? Shall we continue? I'm saved. I'm a member of Eastside Baptist Church. Man, thank God for grace. I can just, I I can live how I want. I can go where I want. I can watch what I want. I can dress how I want. I can talk how I want. I can, I mean, listen, man, I can just, I can live it up because I'm saved and going to heaven. God forbid. How shall ye that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Amen. Moses said, I'm going to refuse the measure of the Pharaoh and I am making a decision today. I'm refusing the pleasures of sin. Now, when I got saved, I made that choice. But brother, I've had to make that choice just about every day since I got saved. Amen. Satan loves to tempt. But let's not put it all on Satan. Amen. Your flesh likes to be tempted. Satan has an internal ally inside of you. It's called the old man. Amen. I'm not talking about my dad. I'm talking, amen. Talking about my old man on the inside of me. Amen. He's got an internal ally. The old man likes to be tempted. The old man likes to, hey, can I just tell you, some of you think that you're so holy, amen, you could never fall short of God's glory. Can I tell you, can I tell you that there's a part of you, Paul said, when I would do good, evil is present with me. There's a part of you, I'm telling you, that don't even want to be here tonight. Amen. My flesh never, ever, ever, brother Fizz, my flesh never wakes up on a Sunday morning and says, oh, I get to go to church today. I can't wait. Yay. Friday night and Saturday night. I can't, everybody's going to put party and I'm not going to. I'm going to sit with my family. Amen. And watch, watch Sandy Griffith or something. Amen. I, man, there's, there's no good thing in your flesh. Amen. You give your flesh away, you and your wife get into a fuss. Amen. And it'll go from a fuss to a cuss real fast. Amen. I don't care how long you've been saved. Amen. You got flesh. It's an internal ally. Your flesh wants to sin. But you got another part of you. Hallelujah. It's called the new man. Amen. God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness because he's infused that new man into us. Amen. And just as much as that old man can't, it can't do right, the new man can't do wrong. First John talked about the new man. Amen. First John said, he that's born of God doth not commit sin. He's talking about that new man. Amen. That new man can't sin. That's why the new man can't lose. One of the reasons why the new man can't lose is salvation because the new man can't sin. Amen. So there's that war that goes on on the inside. And I'm telling you, some of you have got yourself into a pattern. And I'm talking to myself as much as you, amen. It's easy to get into a pattern of starting to say yes to self and no to the spirit. Saying yes to sin and no to the scriptures. Some people say, well, 
Preacher, I have not been convicted about that yet. I know that you said it's in the word of God and I can see it, but the spirit hasn't convicted me. You don't need the spirit to give you some mysterious feeling about sin. If God already called it sin, amen. If God said it's wrong, it's wrong. Make the right choice. Moses did. He said, I am refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and I am refusing the pleasures of sin. Hey, Romans 12, one and two. You say, well, I know these verses. We all need to start practicing them, Amen. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Put my glasses on where I can see everybody. And be not conformed to this world. Amen. And be not conformed to this world. Amen. And be not conformed to this world. That's still in the Bible, church. Amen. Be not, there's a sad day in our country when the church looks like the world and the world looks like the church and you can't tell the difference between either one. Amen. God didn't save us to make us look like the world to reach the world. He saved us to make us look like Christ so he could reach the world through us. Amen. Amen. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you might prove what's that good and acceptable, perfect will. What about this? First John 2 verses. Man, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm trying to get done tonight, all right? I, man, you invite me to Culver's, I'll go with you after the service, all right? And we'll, 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 I mean, we'll, we'll try to put a cap on this. But First John chapter number 2 verse 15. Love not the world. That's still in the Bible. 2021. That, that, is, that verse, to use the word the New Evangelicals use, that verse is still relevant. Love not the world. Amen. Neither the things that are in the world. And you say, what's that talking about? Anything that's opposed to God. Anything that's opposed to God. Anything that's opposed to the scripture. If it's opposed to God, quit loving it. Make a choice. Say, by the grace of God, I'm going to do right. See, that's, that, that's a, the Christian life is just a series of saying yes to God and no to self. Yes to God and no to sin. Moses said, you know what? I'm done with being Pharaoh's daughter. And I'm done with the pleasures of sin. No telling how God could use folks in this church. Young people, listen, how God could use the young people in this church if that's the attitude that you take. I'm done with sin. I'm done playing with sin. Hold on, my phone's, not, my phone's over there. I'm done playing with sin. I'm done playing, with, I'm, I'm done flirting with sin. I'm done. I'm gonna live for God. There's no telling what God could do here. I've, brother, I spend my life going, I mean, I'm telling you, when I'm not on the mission field, I spend my life and I'll take the next nine months going from church to church and they want me, I'm a missionary, they want me to preach missions, right? So I'll preach Isaiah chapter number six, you know, uh, here my Lord send me. But I'm telling you, we're not going to get a generation of young people saying, Lord, here my send me until we get a generation of young people looking at the word of God about three verses up saying, woe is me for I'm undone because God is not going to use us as he desires to use us until we get usable in his sight. Amen. He's not looking for, un he's not looking for, for, for dirty vessels. You don't want a dirty, I've illustrated that here before. I don't have to illustrate it again. You don't want a dirty vessel in your service. God doesn't want one in his. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. All right, let's roll on. He, he said, I, I'm just done with it. There's pleasure in living how I want to live. There's pleasure in dressing or, or summertime's coming undressing how I want to undress. Amen. There's, there's, there's pleasure in talking how I want to talk and thinking on what I want to think and watching what I want to watch and doing what I want to do. But listen to me. When Moses left the courts of Egypt, he could no longer live as a son of Pharaoh. He could no longer dress like a son of Pharaoh. He could no longer act like a son of Pharaoh. You know why? Because he was no longer a son of Pharaoh. Amen. Amen. 
When you and I got saved by the grace of God, we left the family of the devil. Praise God. You say, preacher, I married her. No, you didn't. He's not a she. You say, well, I married him then. No, you didn't either. Amen. He's a spirit. All right. I promise you. But we became the children of God. And, 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 and look at here, 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. I've got to move to my last point. As obedient children, as obedient children, not, notice, uh, there's, God uses these words on purpose. There's not a, a word in your Bible that's like, well, it could have been translated different. It's just how God wanted it. Amen. Not fashioning. That's the word he used. Fashioning. Becoming conformable to. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. God said, no, 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 I, I don't want you fashioning yourself, conforming, your, fitting the mold of what I saved you from. Amen. No, he, look at here. He said, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. That's not just the spirit of God working in you. That is you saying yes to the spirit of God. Amen. There is personal responsibility. That is a command to be obeyed. So be ye holy. In all manner of conversation. That means the way you live your life. Every aspect of your life, God wants you to be holy. You say, man, are you a holiness preacher? I, I, I just preach the Bible. Amen. And, 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 and we have a holy God. Is that correct? Uh, one part of the Trinity is called the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked to his father and he said, holy father. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus being born, and he said that holy thing which shall be born. You have scriptures that 2 Timothy called holy scriptures. We are part of what's called the holy church. Amen. You better believe God wants us to be holy. Amen. But you got to make a decision each and every day. Am I going to be holy or unholy? Godly or ungodly? Wise or foolish? It's, it's a series of decisions Choose right. Young people, I'm preaching to all of you. If you're under 90, you're young. Amen. If you're under 100, just in case there's anybody over 90, you're young. Amen. Choose holiness. Choose godliness. Amen. Just be right. But then look at this. He refused the measure of a Pharaoh, and he refused the treasure, or excuse me, the pleasure of sin. But watch verse number 26. Here it is. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. Moses not only refused the measure of the Pharaoh, he not only refused the pleasure of sin, but he literally refused the treasures of Egypt. And I, want, I just want to, for the purpose of what I believe God gave me, I think that's a wonderful picture of surrender. It's a very basic, I told you it's a simple message, salvation, sanctification, surrender. It's just real basic. Living for God is not complicated, amen. Salvation, sanctification, surrender in that order, amen. Watch this. I see in this verse a picture of the Christian who surrendered his or her life completely to Jesus Christ. That word respect, here's, here's what it means. It literally means to look away from everything else and to intently regard. Moses looked at the treasure of Egypt. He looked at the measure of the Pharaoh. He looked at the pleasure of sin. And he said, I'm looking away. I'm looking away. And I'm going to intently regard the reproach of Christ. You say, how do you know about Christ? Christ ain't going to come for 1,500 years. How does he know about Christ? The same way Job knew he had a redeemer that was going to stand on the earth at the latter day. Amen. God told him. He had to make a decision. And he said, I'm going with the reproach of Christ. I'm leaving the treasures of Egypt. Now, I want you to listen real closely. He looked away from the temporal treasures that Egypt had to offer him. And he focused solely on the eternal reward that heaven and eternity had to offer him. Young folks, listen. 
There's a lot of us in this room that are saved. There's a lot of us in this room that are sanctified. Amen. But there's not as many of us as, as, as are really surrendered. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about the struggles. I, I mean, I do with my own life. Amen. Salvation, 1991, got it settled. Amen. Sanctified has been a process. Amen. Down through the years. We've had ups and downs and ups and downs, but the ups keep getting higher. Amen. We're moving in the right direction. Going from grace to glory, as we preached about this morning. But that matter of surrender, now that gets a little bit tougher right there. I mean, we're talking about, we're not just talking about the pleasure of sin, because I've seen the end result of sin. We're not just talking about the measure of Pharaoh. I don't want to be a son of Satan. Amen. I don't want to be a child of the devil. We're talking about treasures that are tangible. Things I can put my hands on. Moses said, I'm following Christ over Pharaoh. I'm following Christ over treasure. I want you to listen. When it comes, and and by the way, if you walk out of here tonight and say, Pastor Upman is against money and materialism, you misrepresent what I'm about to say. You give me all your money walking out. Amen, all right? I'll take it, all right? But I want you to listen. When it comes to a good job offer for a brand new Christian that takes you away from Christ, that takes you away from Christ's church, can I just tell you, go with the lower paying job. Amen. Amen. Put Christ first. Put Christ first. When, when, when you get an offer to move somewhere and there's not a church, stay where there's a church. Amen. Hey, that's the only way you're going to grow. That's the only way you're going to continue moving forward for God. Stay with the church. Man, I love the church. Man, I start preaching on the church if I ain't careful. Amen. I love the church. Amen. I was nearly born in a church. I got all kind of independent Baptist pastors in my family. Amen. I've been to church almost every day of my life. Amen. I love the church. Got married in the church. One day if Jesus tarries, I'll get married in and through church. Amen. Somehow. Amen. I, I hope so. Amen. I'm just telling you I love God's church. Amen. I lived in a church as a church planting pastor. I've lived in several churches. I love the church. I love the church house. I love the, the, I love the people of God and the place that God's people worship. I love it. But can, but can I tell you, when it comes to a career that will give you fortune and fame or a life of reproach following Jesus, just being faithful to your local church or following Jesus Christ to the mission field, I've got to get missions in there, Brother Eric. Amen. Go with God. Go with God. If it ain't nothing wrong, God gives us richly to enjoy, the Bible says. And, and God blesses those that are rich towards him. Amen. But if it comes to riches or to righteousness, go with righteousness. If it comes to riches or to the reproach, go with the reproach of Christ. Amen. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with riches. But when it comes down to them or the will of God, go with the will of God. Now, I'm done. I'm going to close my Bible. And I have to be done when I close my Bible. All right. And, and I want to be done. But I want you to listen. In just a minute, we're going to get, we'll get a couple musicians up here, get an invitation going. I don't want to leave tonight without an invitation. I want to give you an opportunity to make a choice, but I want you to listen as I wrap it up here. I want you to notice that Moses made a conscious choice. Wasn't a subconscious choice. Wasn't a self-conscious choice. He made a conscious choice. To suffer affliction with the people of God because he believed the reproach of Christ to offer greater riches eternally than the treasures that this world had to offer. And I want you to listen real closely right here. I've tried to write this down and, and I want to read exactly how God gave it to me, I believe. But the world, listen, church, the world has refashioned 
It has rebranded and it has recreated the cross. We talk about the reproach of the cross, the reproach of Christ. The world tonight, there's churches all over this city. They believe they're following the cross and the Christ of the cross, but they've recreated the Christ of the cross. They've, they've still got, some of them still got them hanging on the cross. They've, they've rebranded the cross. I, I just want to tell you a couple of things about the cross before I close. The cross looks beautiful when it's encased in gold and adorning the neckline of a believer. It looks beautiful. I'm not against that at all. It looks beautiful. It looks authentic as it's carved in wood into the woodwork of our pulpits and our altars and the woodwork of the church. It looks beautiful on the side of a church having a cross. It looks beautiful there. It's, it looks, and I'm not against that. I'm not for that. I, I, I'm not against it. It looks and it makes us feel, somehow it just makes us feel religious. Man, I'm, brother, brother, I've done been out of the, I, I've, I mean, I've been down at the jailhouse. I've been in federal prisons, amen. And you got guys that, I mean, they're no more interested. I mean, they're, they're doing drug deals in the prison house, amen. But the preacher comes down and they want to pull up the sleeve and show the tattoo of the cross, amen. Like, oh, yeah, see my cross? <laughs> I'm good, yeah. Makes you feel good. I'm wearing a cross. I've got my cross. Hey, look, I feel religious when I see it. It just, it just you know, does, I, I'm telling you, man, I've seen, I've seen crosses around people. And they, they, they're out of their heads drunk, out of their heads on drugs, down at our church house door. But they're wearing a cross, and they'll be the first one they come in to tell me, look at that cross I'm wearing, and they can't even stand. But boy, they love the cross. It makes us feel good. But the cross that we claim, it's reproach. The cross of Christ, which cross this church, we say we preach, and I say I'm going back to Africa to preach it. It's an instrument of suffering, and it's an instrument of death. And there's nothing in and of the cross itself. I'm not talking about the Christ of the cross. I'm talking about the, the, the cross itself. There's nothing beautiful about a cross. What would you think if I brought an electric chair in tonight? And I said, guys, we're going to put an electric chair right here. Isn't it beautiful? We're going to take and we're going to replicate it. And we're going to make little electric chairs and case them in gold and put them on necklaces. We're going to make earrings out of electric chairs. You say, well, that's, that's morbid. That's gross. That's almost sacrilegious. Why? It's an instrument of death. That's what the cross is. The cross was designed to make the person that took it up suffer, as I preached about this morning. To suffer a reproach with the man that hung on that cross, who was holy, who never sinned one time, who completely surrendered himself to the will of the Father. The cross is meant not to be, and I'm not wearing necklaces, amen. I put it on my license plate, amen. I'm not against the cross, but I'm against what the cross has become to so many. It's an instrument of suffering, it's an instrument of death, and it's designed to identify us with Christ who hung on it. That's why the cross is, it's designed to, we, I, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, what part of the world's been crucified to you? What measure of the world has been crucified to you? What treasure of the world have you looked at the cross and the calling of God? What treasure of the world have you said, I'm dead to that? I'm dead to that. 
I'm crucified with Christ. When the temptation comes to act like I'm a child of Satan, I'm dead. A dead man in a casket here can't respond. If, if I'll pick on Kena again, if he's laying up here in a casket and he's been laid to rest, and I walk up and say, Kena, I have got for you a check for $1 million. He's Amen. not going to jump up and say, Whoa, glory. Amen. He's dead. He can't, dead men can't respond. You ever hear the story, true story? Johnny Pope told about a, a man who thought he was dead. They put him in a psychiatric unit and they said, You're dead. Or, you're not dead. He said, I'm dead. I, I know I'm dead. And I mean, day after day, he'd say, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. They said, You're alive. You're alive. I'm dead. I'm dead. Finally, they brought a doctor in. The doctor said, Let me ask you a question. Do dead men bleed? And he thought, and he said, no, sir, dead men do not bleed. And he quick stuck him with a needle and he started bleeding. And he said, there, you see, you're not dead. He said, what do you know? Dead men do bleed. Amen. <laughs> here's, here's Kena. He's dead. He can't respond. If I come up to Kena and say, hey, Kena, I got a 24 pack. Let's go have some fun this weekend. Can he respond? Why? He's dead. Can I tell you, when you got saved, how shall ye that are? Dead to sin. I'm crucified with Christ. We identify with the cross. When that measure of the Pharaoh comes, I refuse. When the pleasures of sin come your way and tempt your flesh and that old man, I refuse. And when that offer comes of treasure, just slow up in your service for God. You just miss one service a week. Amen. Yeah, I know that you, I've called you the mission field and I know that, you know, you have this over. Just go ahead with, with just, just what makes you, it just, it's better for your family to do that. No, can I tell you, dead men, they're crucified with Christ to treasure the measure and the pleasure. Amen. Where are you tonight? How are you living? How are you identifying? Are you identifying as a man that's hanging on the cross, crucified to sin? Dead to the world? Are you identifying as someone who's dug up out of the grave and carrying that old man around? Saying, you know, I'm just going to go back to the way it was, the way I used to live. How are you living tonight? How are you living? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you willing to identify with the reproach of the cross tonight? Are you willing to suffer and die to sin? To self To this world and to all the world has to offer to be really a true follower of Jesus Christ will you choose Christ over the world if you're not saved would you choose Christ tonight child of God will you choose Christ over the pleasures of sin child of God that's been saved for a long time will you choose Christ over the treasures of this world Will you choose a well-worn cross that'll pay out some eternal dividends as opposed to a stinking life in this world living for self that garners all the treasures of this world and at the end they get packed up in a box and you get put in the box and it gets put six feet under. Which way are you going to go? Choice is yours. We're praying. They're about to start playing. Invitation's open. Lord, please work in hearts tonight. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God, there's someone here that's never been saved. 
I pray that tonight they would make a choice for Christ. It may be against their family. It may be against their friends. It may be against all of these things that they've loved and held dear. But I pray they'd choose Christ tonight. There's someone who's saved. And Lord, they're, they're being tempted to sin. They're being tempted to live worldly. Lord, I pray that they'd go back to when they got saved and realize they were crucified with you. And they were saved from sin, not to sin. And I pray, Lord, they'd just come down to this altar. And I pray, Lord, they'd just confess their sin to you. And just get that account cleared with you. You said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord God, I pray if any of us got sin in our life, Lord, tonight, we just get it right. But then Lord, in that matter of surrender, Lord, I pray, God, I plead with you, God, if you're trying to talk to somebody tonight and they're being offered the treasures of this world to compromise on God, to leave the church, to not become a missionary, to not serve God, whatever it might be, God, I pray that they'd come down to this altar and say, Lord, by the grace of God, I'm going to choose Christ. I'm surrendering to you. I'm surrendering to your will. I'm going to go ahead and get identified with Moses, and I'm going to, I'm going to choose to refuse the pleasure, the measure, and the treasures of sin. So help me, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.